0: So if you guys have your Bible, you can open up to Romans 5, and I'm going to just start working through, we, we did the first part of Romans 5 earlier in the year, actually it was the end of last year, and I'm just going to keep in these gatherings, just continuing working through Romans. Romans chapters 5 through 8 might be my favorite passages in the entire Bible, um, and we're going to be looking at verse 6. So Romans 5, starting at verse 6. We're going to go go down through verse 11. Romans 5, verse 6. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Hey, Michelle, could you get me a cup of water when you're heading out? Thank you. Verse 9. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. You know, I, I would describe this passage as a descriptor of God's love. He, he is, in just a few verses, describing God's love. And I, I think verses 6 through 8 describe the depths of God's love. In other words, how far down is God willing to go? Thank you. For us, That's the depths of God's love. And then I think verses 9 through 11 are the heights of his love. How high does God take us up because of his love? And then I think verse 11 is, is our response. It says, we rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have now received reconciliation. So the depths of God's love, the heights of God's love, and then when we see that, our response is to rejoice. And now the question that I want to reach out to you guys and think about is, why is it, though, that oftentimes we're not rejoicing? Why is it that even sometimes when we gather together and worship, I mean, it's, it's going through the motions, you know, and just acting it out. Why is it that as much as He's loved us, as deep as he has loved us, as high as he has loved us, do we not respond to him with rejoicing? You know, I think our circumstances can change moment by moment, right? What's going on in our lives? But the fact that God loves us to this depth and this height is completely unchanged by anything in our life. So why don't we rejoice? You know, I think a great example in scripture of rejoicing and bad circumstances. In Acts 16, we get the story of Paul and Silas. Remember they're in Philippi? I don't know if you guys remember what happened to them. They're preaching the gospel and they encounter this situation where people get mad at them. And so this big mob gets, you know, generated up and is going against them. The text says that their clothes got ripped off of them. And then it says that rods were taken. They were beaten. And then they were put in prison, and their feet were shackled. Do you guys remember, what does it say that Paul and Silas were doing around midnight? What does it say they were doing? Praying and singing hymns, it says. And it specifically says that the other prisoners were listening to them. I mean, it's just stated as a fact. The other prisoners were listening to them. But how weird it must be to see these two guys whose whatever clothes they got, who knows, maybe they put those tattered ripped clothes back on, they're all beaten and bloody, shackled and praying and seeing God. You know, it's like, these guys are like, I don't really care what happened to me. The love of God is so deep for me. The love of God is so high for me. So why then, in our circumstances, Do we not rejoice with that same kind of fervor? Why is it hard? And I I think that the reason is because oftentimes we forget. We forget how deep God's love is and how high it is. Or maybe we just don't fully understand or appreciate it yet. You know, a number of years ago, I think it was in 2003, there was a short film that came out of the Czech, Czech Republic called Most, which in Czech translates to The Bridge. And you all have probably heard this illustration used before um, if you grew up in church, but um, it's a very well done short film. I'd highly recommend it to you guys. Not good for younger kids because it's a very heavy subject matter, but basically what it is is a story of a bridge operator, this guy who he's a single dad and he's got this little boy that he loves and and he operates a, a drawbridge that is on train tracks, you know, so the train goes across the bridge and there's a, a canal of some kind that, where ships go through and he's the, he's the, the bridge operator. And it just, it's a 30 minute story that shows his love for his son and his special relationship with his son and then you also get to see a picture into some of the people that are on this train. And so what happens is he takes his son to, to work with him and his son is playing down by the water and uh, they raise the, the bridge for a ship that's coming through. And then the, uh, there's a train coming earlier than normally scheduled. And, and the, the dad was busily doing something. And the son sees the, the train coming. So he g- runs to try to, to, to lower the drawbridge and then falls down into the, the gearworks of this machine. And then the father realizes what's happening. And he has a choice you know, of choosing his son or all these people that are on this bridge. And he makes the, you know, the sad, sad decision to, I've got to put the bridge down, which, which kills his son, unfortunately. And all these people come across the bridge having no idea, no idea what happened. Zero idea what happened. They're completely clueless to the sacrifice that was made for their lives. Um, And I think that's something that's very similar often with us, especially if you haven't heard the gospel yet. But I think even as Christians, we see throughout Scripture, we've got to be reminded over and over and over of the depths of God's love and to the heights of God's love because we forget. And because we forget, we stop rejoicing. How far down does God reach for us? there's four words that it uses to describe us before Christ. Do you guys see what those four words are? What's the first one in there? Weak. That's right. And and that that weak there means unable yourself to fix the problem. So so not just being, you know, weakling, but but you are not capable of fixing the problem that you're in. What's the next word? I'm sorry? Did somebody call it out? Ungodly, Ungodly. yep. No. Ungodly means not God, not like God. God acts in a certain way, we do not. Sinners, that means that we've sinned. Everybody has sinned, every single person has fallen short. You know, it doesn't matter how often. If you sinned, you are a sinner. And then what's the fourth? Enemies. Enemies, that's right. So we were weak, incapable of saving ourselves, ungodly, sinners, and even enemies. And it's so important to note the timing in this passage. Did we do anything? Like, like it makes it clear, here's what you were. You were a weak, ungodly, sinner, enemy. And then this is what God did for you. you know, there, there is no, there, you cannot from this passage get, derive any kind of idea of you are a lovable person. You were worth it. Well, of course he died for you. There's no possibility for that. And I love how he raises this question, you know, would, would anybody possibly die for a good person? You know, I mean, I, I can imagine my, you know, as a dad, as... You know, a husband, I can imagine myself laying myself down for my family. But even like for somebody I knew that I was like, hey, I really respect that person. "Eh, I don't know. No. Okay. so what if it's just like an average everyday person? But what if it was like an enemy, like an enemy, somebody that hated you, somebody that was against everything that you're about, somebody that had deeply hurt you? I and mean, there is no way. There is no way. You know, it reminds me of the, the, the story of the, the prostitute that was washing Jesus' feet with her tears and her hair. Right? She's in the Pharisee's house and she's at his feet sobbing, and then you know, all the tears are dripping on his feet, you know, cr- you know, and she's just taking her hair and cleaning off the mud from his feet while the Pharisee sits there in smug judgment of Jesus even letting her touch him. And Jesus, what was his response? He said, if you've been forgiven much, then you love much. And I think we don't rejoice in the reconciliation we have with God because we've forgotten how far down his love went for us. Like we've kind of... Uh, polished up our lives or our past or the bad stuff in our life in such a way that it makes it look like, well, I was worth saving. But no, not at all. You were ungodly. You were a sinner. You were weak. You were even an enemy, as hard as that is to understand and fathom. But that's how far down God's love is. We stop rejoicing when we forget the depths of God's love. So how high was his love? How high was his love? I love the the point that he makes. And look at the point he makes in verse 11. For if while we were enemies, if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we were reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. You didn't do anything and he acted in love for you while you were an enemy. And, and then think about this. So, so in other words, if God would love you that much, how much more is he going to love you now that you've been reconciled, right? Think about that, right? You used to be an enemy and he loved you. with it was like, what in the world? You love me that much. That's who you were. Now, after faith, you are a son of God. You are a child of God. You are a daughter of God. You are redeemed. You are reconciled to God. You have peace with God. That's who you are. So how much more is he going to love you now? You know, just I mean, again, just, I, mean, I loved him. It's just like what a massive, massive idea they say here. Jesus said that he would come, <coughs> excuse me, And give us life. And give it to us in abundance. That's the life that he's promised to give us. So we stop rejoicing when we forget the depth and the height of God's love for us. You know, I mean, just think about, guys. I mean, do a little thought exercise in your head. Where would you be today... If it wasn't for that love, where, where would you be today if it wasn't for that love for you today? We've got to appreciate and understand the love of God. We've got to, in order to do that, we've got to fully understand its depth and its height. We've got to appreciate the absolute horror of our own sin and, and how ugly it is. And then the heights of where he takes us. So let me just ask you guys, so where, where would you be today? I mean, just not necessarily a big, long story, but does anybody want to share? I mean, just like how could you just quickly imagine where would you be today if it wasn't for the love of God intervening in your life? I would be in the Netherlands. You would be in the Netherlands? Probably very depressed in a corner, crying. Hmm. What else? I'm uh, not sure that I'd be alive, actually. Hmm. Not sure you'd be alive. Oh. Uh, blurry, just... Oblivious? You know, ob- ob- oblivious, but you know the bridge is always there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, for that, you just kind of have to sit down and say, there's a lot going on that I don't recognize. I feel like sometimes God's just kind of giving us a big right. hug um, and not even realizing it. Yes, yes. I think I would probably be like, achievement and work and exhausted and stressed out and angry hmm. not sure I'd have a very good good relationships with people I kind of feel like I would be like Mr. Potter. Yeah, that's good. I think without the love of Christ, I'd probably be very successful. My kids would look perfect on the outside, because I would be be more controlling and forceful than I can Hmm. Yeah, I, I think for me it would be lost without any significance or purpose. You know, and I, th- I can imagine myself losing hope. Um, and as the worldly desires ran out. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry? live in fear yep yep this is the reason why this is at the heart of the reason why we do communion every single week Um, Jesus said do this in remembrance of me and what I've done for you so his his blood poured out, his body given and sacrifice for us. There's a reason that the sacrifice had to be given. And that's, that's the depths of his love. That's my need, right? And so, again, I think we stop rejoicing in the fact that we have been reconciled to God. We have peace with God when we forget where we were and what he has done for us. The but God... The but God, I mean, just how many times, even in this passage, does he say, but God. What I was but God. He has reached down in an, un, I mean, it's just unimaginable how deep he goes with his love for us, to rescue us. And then to take us up and to give us complete and full life. If, and, and brothers and sisters, I mean, it's like, I I think that personally, where I've been hit most by this passage, and I'm still trying to get my head fully around it, is the point that he makes in verse 11. If he would love you that much when you're an enemy, how much more would he love you if you're a redeemed child? This is the passage to point to when you say, is it really possible that God loves me in this circumstance? Is it really possible that he's loving me right now? God's love shouldn't, can't be questioned because if he would love you when you're an enemy, then he loves you when you're a child. So we're going to be doing uh, communion now. And actually, we're going to have uh, two songs, but within the first song here, we're going to be doing communion. We've got stations set up on both sides. And the first song that uh, Michelle is going to lead us in is a song where the first part of the song is is written like a song from Jesus to us. So think about his the the Son of God's lyrics of love to us, and then the next part is is a response. and And we're gonna have all the words up on the screen. You can feel free to uh, participate in any part of the singing as you'd like. And then we're gonna have one more psalm to close us out. Um, and There'll be a a time of transition where I'll I'll come up during the song and clear these off and take communion and then that's your cue that you when you're ready you can come on up and and take communion. So probably just for traffic flow would be best if 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 probably um, come down the aisles and then go back down the middle. So go out the sides and come down the middle back to your seat uh, when you're ready. Um, but here's one of the lyrics that we're gonna sing. He says. I carried that cross. I felt your pain. I took up your crown and I wore your shame. And death was a fire and its teeth were grim. But I left it behind along with all your sin. Father, we... Lord, we rejoice. We rejoice because in your love, you sent your son to die on behalf of the world. Lord, you initiated. You were first. You, you stepped out. Um, Lord, you paid the full and complete price before we even responded. God, in fact, you paid the full and complete price while we were weak while we were ungodly, while we were sinners, and while we were enemies. Lord, I pray that your spirit right now would just grip us deeply, God, with the sacrifice that you've made on our behalf. Lord, help us like that that prostitute just feel the depths of, of our own sin, Lord, again. Lord, help us to feel how far down you've reached to rescue us and lift us up, Lord, so that we can fully appreciate, Father, Your love for us. And Lord, that not only that, not only that, but even more, now that we've been reconciled, that you love us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.